It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 808 at News Talk WSB, 74 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape. All you got to do is call me, 404-872-0750. Of course, you can use the open mic app on the WSB radio app on your cell phone. We go to the phones. John in Stockbridge joins us. Hey, John, morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great, John. What's up? Uh, well, I have a couple of questions here. Uh, first of all, I need to know if uh, I can top out a maple tree that's about two stories tall. Would that help keep it from getting any larger? And uh, also the root system. Will the root system in that tree go towards septic tank lines? Uh, yes, no, and no. Thank you very much okay. for the call, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> All right, yes, uh, there is no law against topping your maple tree. Go ahead and do it if you want to. No, it okay. will not keep it from getting any t- It will not stunt it or do anything else. It's going to want to be two stories tall in a couple of years, and you're going to have to top it again then. No, okay. the roots will not go to your sewage or safety tank line because that's not what roots do. They simply explore soil where they find moisture or oxygen. They don't sort of head for your foundation or the sidewalk or the street or septic tank lines, either one. Okay. And cedars. Can I top a cedar? Will it will it kill a cedar if I try topping it? It will not regrow like a maple would. So if you had a cedar that was, what, five feet tall and you want to take it down to three and a half, fine, go ahead. But it will not ever have a green top to it. It will, If you cut into the brown part of the top of the cedar, then it will not re-sprout there at all. Okay, the reason I ask that is because I have some on the back of my patio deck that yeah. have come up over the handrails now, and they're getting quite tall. I'd like to stop them where they're at, and I didn't know uh, well, you can if stop it would work them, on But you'll those. always be looking down into brown, ugly sticks from then on. Right, I got you. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I sure do appreciate the information. That's what I need to know. Good talking to you, John. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Simple answer, yes, no, and no. If you have a question that I can answer with yes, no, and no, give me a call. 404-872-0750. Who comes next? Uh, David in Oxford, Georgia, in Covington. Hey, Dave, good morning. Good morning. Hi. I had a question about watermelon growing the last uh, couple of years. Last year we grew a variety called Congo, which was the elongated one. Okay. And we realized, hmm, we've got a lot of black rot here. So this year we switched to Crimson Sweet, which is the round, okay. and found that the... Um, Round ones seem to have a greater propensity to split. Are those observations correct? You know, I don't really know if the different varieties have a more of a propensity to split or not, really and truly, because I know that the the blossom end rot you probably got last year is more related to calcium in the soil than it is to the variety name, variety of watermelon. And splitting, right. I just don't know if the one you had this year is more or less likely to split or not. Don't know. Don't know. Don't hmm. Hmm. Because um, I thought we did a soil test. Uh, I have a private land down in well, South Georgia. Yeah, but know. here's the thing. And this is one of those times where I have to apologize for about 20 years worth of misinformation that I've said on the radio, Dave. Yeah. I've said numerous times that if you don't have calcium in the soil and you get blossom end rot on your watermelon, your tomatoes, on your peppers, you just add more calcium. Get a soil test, add more calcium. Hmm. I was wrong. 
what causes mm. blossom end rot on tomatoes and peppers and watermelons and squash and all is the irregularity in water delivery to the plants. It's mm-hmm. all about putting calcium out where the fruit is, and that's all about whether the soil cell, whether the cell in the plants have turgor or not, and that is all about water delivery. And you can fix that just by watering consistently to make sure the water, the soil is always moist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get you. Okay. So a soil test would not help you, but watering sufficiently and practically would. Sure would. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Thanks All right. for your time. Good talking to you, Dave. Thanks for calling. We've got, let's see, Russell in Winder, Georgia. Hey, Russell. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, Russell? Um, hey, I was just wondering about the availability of moth for people who actually want to uh, encourage moths in their lawns and so forth or in their yards. So you want to I get in touch with the guy I talked to Carolina, a few minutes ago? You want to call that yeah, guy? I didn't know if there might be one in Georgia somewhere. There's not any that I know in Georgia that sell moss. You're right, there are a couple of people online. Mossy Acres is the place that I'm aware of that advertises uh, online in some of the horticulture magazines. And that's the only place I know that sells moss that I know of, Mossy Acres. But here in Georgia, if you had permission from somebody who had moss and didn't want it anymore, Russell, you got a flat shovel and go scrape it up and take it to your house, of course. Okay. Well, all right. I just curious if there was any nurseries around. None, none and, um, nowhere. No. And also, um, that plant that you were trying to, to uh, the gentleman was yeah, trying to call uh, it baby deal with. Yeah. I th- I think it might be um, a spirea, the sunbird spirea. Be, I've yeah, heard it spirea called is called baby, baby breath, breath or, or wedding wreath or something like that. Sure, you're right. Could it could yeah. well have been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Russell, thanks right. for calling. All right, drive safe, my friend. We'll see you soon. We've got Tom and Alpharetta. Hey, Tom. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Good morning. I usually follow your advice, but I am deciding that I should be able to grow a peach in Alpharetta, right. peach state. Go <laughs> for it. Too well. Yeah. I've got about 20 feet worth, and uh, between the squirrels and the fungus, I haven't been able to say I've had a good crop just yet, but I'm yeah. still working on it. Uh, my question is, is, is the tree is getting too tall, yeah. about 20 feet. I'd like to bring it down to about half of that so I can manage to spray. Yeah. When can I do that? No, the best time is in late February, early, mid-March, sometime in the winter. Okay. I wanted to do it after the threat of real hard freezes is over, so you don't okay. get any damage from cold on the newly pruned branches. So late February, early March is about right. Yeah, and in the old days, people used to put, I guess, some type of tar or some protectant mm-hmm. over the uh, area that you cut, particularly if it's a large uh, stalk. Yep. Is there something I'm supposed to put over to protect that? Nope. Uh, wound. <laughs> nope. <laughs> One word answer there, Tom. Nope. All right. Putting tar or paint or anything like that over a tree wound does not help the tree. In fact, it keeps it from healing very well. So don't put anything over a cut. All right, sir. Thanks very much. Oh, you bet, Tom. Thanks for calling. Now, I know that things are sold. I know that. I know you go to the hardware store or garden centers and find tree wound dressing, tree tar paint, all that kind of stuff. Just because they sell it does not mean it helps, does not mean it works, does not mean it does any better for you or the tree or anybody else. It doesn't. Science supports it. Research supports it. I know it's true. Let's see. Betty in Stockbridge has a weed that she wants to get rid of. Hey, Betty. Morning. Morning. What have you got, Betty? Yes, I have this um, yellow stringy like invasive 
hmm. things like growing over my coneflowers. I can't see that it has any root to it. Yes. But it like wraps itself around the stem of my flower and kind of stunts the growth of it. I know exactly and, what uh, you have, Betty. You can stop right there because I know what you have. The plant okay. itself is called dodder, D-O-D-D-E-R, dodder. <clears throat> and it, like you have very astutely observed, does not have a root. It is a parasitic plant. It attaches itself. It does <clears throat> sprout from seeds in the ground. And when the seeds touch the stem of a plant around it, they disconnect from the ground and start sucking sap from the plant, becoming a parasite. It's yellow. It looks like uh, spaghetti, orange and yellow spaghetti. So are all over your plants. And the easiest way, the best way, the only way to control it is simply to take out the top three inches of soil in that bed and throw it away because they have seeds in it somewhere already. You're not going to be able to control them sprouting, and you're just going to have to remove all the seeds in the soil, get it out of there. Okay. Okay. Dotter, dotter, dotter. That's what it is. D-O-D-D-E-R. It's common this time of year. I see it. Uh, sometimes just driving down the highway, I see a little patch of it in a field, patch of it in a pasture sometimes. I sometimes have seen it in flower beds right up close to the highway, and I think, ah, daughter, that lady has daughter, that person has daughter over there. But uh, it's very common in the fall to see it and notice it because it's so bright yellow. Again, a parasitic plant does flower, but you've got to get the seeds out of there by getting the roots and the seeds and everything gone from that spot. It's 817. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves' Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. Alone, last breakfast table in an otherwise empty And a quick weather update brought to you by Findlay Roofing. Today, sunny most of the day, and that's going to result in 95-degree weather this afternoon. It's low of 73 tonight. Tomorrow, a little more cloudy weather. Tomorrow, high of 92, low of 73. Your full weekend forecast comes within 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Jim in Cleveland, Georgia, Georgia, Salon and Garden. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Jim? And- Thank you for your years of advice. <laughs> hey, you. I want to spray 2,4-D on some Bermuda sod that has some crabgrass and some various weeds in it. Is it too hot? Ooh, it's hot. Uh, let's see. It was about two, three maybe weeks ago. A guy had sprayed 2,4-D, one of the weed killer, liquid weed killers, on his Bermuda lawn and yellowed it up pretty, pretty severely. So, yeah, I think above 90 degrees is really too hot. You need to wait till it's 85 or so before you spray. Okay. Thank you very much. That's the way it goes. Thanks for calling, Jim. You need to read that label. The label many times will have hints, of, or not hints, it'll have rules about when you can and can't apply a herbicide. In this case, it's too hot. 90 degrees will make other plants that are not really supposed to turn yellow. It will make them yellow pretty badly. Bob in Athens has an Arizona cypress that's turning not yellow but brown. What's going on, Bob? Hey there. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, yeah, um, <clears throat> it happened almost overnight. I have two of these trees. Uh, they're about three years in the ground, and they're about 10 or 11 feet tall at this point. And I was cutting the grass on Sunday, and I was up close underneath, and they both were fine. 
Then Wednesday morning, I went out to put some bird food out and noticed one of them had turned brown, top to bottom, inside to out. Wow. So I've been pouring water on it, hoping it's just being stressed, but I don't know what's going on with it. How tall are they, Bob? They were about five feet when I planted them, and they're about 10 or 11 now. That's a well-established. That shouldn't not be a problem of not being planted so, so soon. Let me think now. There's something going on low on the tree. It's not a disease. It is a borer, a canker, a root problem, a something is going on in that direction. So not being there on your property to look at it, I can't, but... That's where I would look, Bob. I would look down at the low part of the tree and see if you see any damage somehow done. But I can't imagine what would be happening to an Arizona cypress. Come on. They don't get many. Right. And uh, it's pretty wide at the base. It's probably six feet wide at the base. It's hard to get up very close even to see the the trunk of the tree. Yeah, you have to get on your long sleeve shirt when it's not Mm -hmm. so hot maybe and get in there and all those needles be poking you in the face. But get in there and do because that's where the damage is. That's where the problem is occurring. I think it's on the lower part of the tree. Okay, and if I see something there, should I just uh, cut it down and replace it with something else? Man, it's brown now, Bob. It's not going to come back. Okay. It's it's gone. Okay. Well, I appreciate the information. Sure, Bob. Thanks for calling. You bet. A reminder that Monday morning, 8 a.m., you might be the lucky winner of $500 worth of free gas right here at 95.5 WSB. And the Triple Team Traffic Group are making it easy for you to win this gas. Here's what you do. Go to WSBRadio.com, download the WSB Radio app, and then you can leave your name, register, and at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 4 and 5 p.m., we'll announce your name. You then call, and you might be the winner. Again, you call and you register, call and win, but listen Monday morning, 8 a.m. That's the first one on 95.5 WSB. we got some great questions coming up. Jane in Kennesaw has raspberries. That they're not doing so well. Joe in Gainesville has weeds growing in shrub. Mulch is shrub mulch bed. Most know how to prevent them. If you have a question, you can use the Triple Team Traffic WSB radio app, by the way. Use the open mic feature there. And you can ask us a question on the Lawn and Garden Show as well. We'll try to get to it between now and 9 o'clock. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 8.35 on a Saturday morning, 76 degrees outside, going up to a high of 95 today. The number on Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750, where we try to present you with the best research-based information and the best experience that we possibly can. And one of the things that I don't think a lot of people take advantage of, but should every day if you go to a Pike Nursery, is the certified plant professionals there. What kind of certification do Pike employees get making gas away? It, it's the Georgia Oh, why didn't you tell me you were going to ask me this? Well, I just thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. What's, what's the certification that you take now from Georgia Green Industry 
Association. It's, it's a really good comprehensive test so that they've taken. Everybody studies really hard for it. I saw it on so the we, sign outside of the Tucker Hill Pike Nursery last night. It said, we have certified plant professionals. And I thought, well, I'll just lead with that this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> but when they, you know when they've got on their green shirt that they've taken it. And, okay. and people work really hard on that and really take a lot of pride in it because they do have to work hard to get it. I've been doing it for how many years? I don't know. couple. Yeah. Here, three or four. Yeah. Something like that. I go to Mickey Gasway every Saturday morning because not only is she a certified plant professional, but she also knows what the weekend pike uh, pick is going to be. So, Mickey, you might as well go ahead and announce that. Okay. And today it's a Gardens to Go. Which includes what? And Gardens to Go are uh, containers that we make at our farm at Pikes, and we put them together so they'll, you can, it's a container that you can use on your uh, deck or on your front porch or on your table or where else. They're beautiful combinations of plants, and it's just ready to go. You can just, it is truly a garden go. You can just put it on your deck, you can, and they come in nice containers, but if you've got another container you want to just sit it down in, you can do that. So we call these emergency decorations. When you have yeah, people coming yeah. over, you haven't been able to decorate the house, put a couple of these gardens to go around the house. Everybody thinks you're just the greatest. greatest yeah, they're, and they're pretty. They look really, really good. So what if you, once you've got them, what kind of uh, care do they need after you've gotten the gardens to go? Mostly just keep them watered. Of course, the more sun you've got, the more water you're probably going to have to put in them. But, um, and, and give them a shot of fertilizer, liquid fertilizer, every couple of weeks. And uh, they'll really keep going. They'll do good. Most of them are pretty till probably October. And then could you use the, you could take those plants out and put other plants in? or sometimes Absolutely. Pipe, don't y'all have the um, classes where you bring in containers and they'll sort of decorate a new container for you? Mm-hmm. I don't think we. I don't think we do that anymore. I uh, think we do. You used um, to do that, yeah. Yeah, we used to do that. I think now we just. It's. Uh, I don't think you bring your own in. But I, I bet if you brought a container in and asked a certified could, plant professional what they would advise, they could tell you what you could put in there. That's right. If you bring one in, we'll help you. We'll tell you what needs to go in it. We'll help you. You know, know what goes in it. One of the other things that I think is And we not, can plant one for you. We can do that, okay. too, if you bring in one. We can plant one for you. One of the things I don't think is appreciated enough is the lifetime guarantee on shrubs and trees. That, to me, is one of the best things that Pike offers. If you have a shrub or a tree you get from Pike Nursery, bring it back in. If it dies, no matter whose fault it is, they don't, they're That's not right. mean or anything. That's and they'll exactly just simply right. replace it or give you your money back, whatever is appropriate for that particular plant. That's exactly right. We do. Any classes going on soon, Mickey? Um, we don't have anything right right this month. We don't have anything, but we've got some stuff coming up in the fall. Okay. Well, let's see. If we wanted to know about where to go for the the pipe pick of the weekend, which is Gardens to Go, they're on sale for, what, 20% off? Uh, yes, they are. Then we would, let's see, and if we wanted to know where the classes are going to be later on this fall, and if we wanted to know where we could talk to some certified plant professionals, and if we wanted to know where to get the lifetime guarantee on shrubs and trees, how would we find out where our local Pike Nursery is? At PikeNursery.com. That's exactly where I would go. Thanks so much, Mickey. See you have Saturday. a great day. See you then. 404 the number you can dial, just like Allie did, Roswell did a few minutes ago. Allie, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi. We have a huge tree. It is so big that in the back of the house we've got a basement and two stories. And if you stand 
on the on the deck, you can't even spray the the lowest branches, and it's been dropping. We think it's worms dropping hmm. little black pellets and paint-looking things all over the deck. And yeah. my husband thinks he can do everything himself, and he I'm afraid he's going to kill himself trying to spray that high. Can you tell me what kind of worms they might be, and if you got any suggestions besides him standing on a ladder on the deck, how to get <laughs> it, fix it? If your husband is a possum, a monkey, <laughs> something that really likes to climb in trees, maybe, but you're not going to be able to spray from the deck. He okay. has no way of controlling the caterpillars. That's what you have, the caterpillars who are up in the tree. They're it, black. He did well. get some of them. He's got a stick yeah, and got okay. this can and sprayed at them, and some of them fell. But we really need, don't you think we need to call a professional? I don't think a professional could do any better than your husband, quite frankly. Oh, no. <laughs> I would simply stop the morning breakfast and brunches you have on the deck for at least a little while before the black things quit dropping because after a while all the caterpillars who are feeding on leaves high high up in the tree will get finished feeding they'll drop out they'll you know drop to the ground to pupate in the ground or they'll do whatever their life cycle is so there are different kinds of caterpillars who feed in oak trees but whatever they do they're going to be finished doing it before long and so if you just take a little pause keep an eye out for what's falling out of the tree and as soon as things have stopped then you can go back outside without worrying about brushing stuff out of your hair Okay. <laughs> but again, I mean, it I is it is so bad. I cleaned it off this morning yeah. and put down tarps and sure. all kinds of things sure, to sure, keep sure. it off the deck. But and wash it off, sweep it off. Whatever. How long? Did, how long would that take? I mean, how long is the? A couple of weeks, maybe. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. All but right. Thank you so much. Caterpillars up in the trees feeding and pooping. That's exactly yeah. what those little black <laughs> things are coming Not down out fun. of the tree. Thank you. You bet, Allie. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bauman in Cumming, Georgia. Bauman, good morning. Bauman? Yes, hello. There you good are. Morning. Hi, Bauman. Good morning. Uh, I have some uh, problem with my herbs in the garden. Sure. And it happens every year, end of uh, July, uh, beginning of July. Uh, and there is like a little white spot on the leaf that keeps... Uh. Adding up, adding up till it kills like mint, basil, uh-huh. uh, parsley, all of them. Hmm. Uh, and this year I realized that there is lots of like little like flea beetles uh, or very look like flea beetles yes. and aphid and the stuff on the on the leaves. You and I were thinking so I was the, wondering, exact, the exact same thing, Bob. And when you said the little white dots on the leaves, I immediately said, I bet that's flea beetles. And then you said flea beetles. I thought, aha, I think we we're both correct on that. I think you have flea beetles on your vegetables. Well, the thing is, flea beetles that I have on my eggplant leaves, they yeah. make a little holes in the sure. eggplant leaves. But sure. here, there is no holes. It just gets discolored, and then the... Like the whole plant back. They don't necessarily make holes. I know on eggplants, you're exactly right. They make holes in the leaf. But flea beetles on other plants, on, um, let's see where I see them, on tomatoes occasionally. I see them on squash occasionally. The It's more just a spot, just a place where they have sucked the juice out of the, <clears throat> out of the cell of the leaf and cause a white spot on the leaf. And when you... And since... When you have those insects on vegetables, what insecticide do you are you comfortable using on them? By one, have you used another insecticide that I can comment on whether that's appropriate or not? 
No, I just, I just use like neem oil. Good. All right. That's, that's, some, what I was gonna, uh, think that's what I was going to recommend. Neem oil will do fine as a sort of general purpose insecticide because the oil suffocates beetles. It uh, kills. It has an insecticidal property as well. It kills many of the soft body things like aphids. So I think neem oil, being careful to get it under the leaves where most of these little creatures live, I think that's your best option. Okay, so how often do I need to use that neem oil? Like- yeah, I would go every seven days. Read the label. It should say some intervals on the label. Seven to ten days is my memory on neem. Uh, okay, any other stronger? Because I tried the neem oil, and unless I do it I like more often, it doesn't totally take if care of If you want an organic pesticide, that's, that's where I would go. If you want an inorganic thing, there are two or three. Seven, for instance, will kill... Um, uh, flea beetles pretty well, but again, you got to get it under the leaves, and that's hard with sprays sometimes to get them, and dust particularly, to get them under the leaf. Uh, so seven mm-hmm. or eight is a different different insecticide completely. I believe it's labeled for use in vegetables, so that's what you're looking for, something labeled for use on vegetables that is uh, not neem oil. But again, if you want an organic solution, neem, I think, is your best bet. Okay, so I think I have a combination of uh, that and aphid and the spider mite. Okay. Like, would the neem oil be good for all of them? That's, that's why I recommend it, because it's such a broad, broad spectrum insecticide. It suffocates, and there's no insect around that can withstand the effects of oil on its skin. They suffocate because that's how they breathe, of course, through their skin. And so for spider mites, for aphids, for uh, flea beetles, for caterpillars even, they all breathe through their skin, and the neem oil will suffocate them. So that's why I think that's uh, the best option for you, Bauman. Thanks for calling. We've got to go to our other callers here. We've got uh, Jane in Kennesaw who joins us. Hi, Jane. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Thank Hi. you for taking my call. Sure. I've got some uh, thornless raspberries growing on a little fence, and all of a sudden, after they had borne fruit, they didn't die in their usual way. They just seemed to burn up wow. in, like, a few days. And uh, a couple mm-hmm. of them on one side of the fence have done this. And I've pulled them out, but I'm wondering if that could possibly be something in the soil. And I have new ones that have sprouted up that I want to put there, but I don't know if there's something maybe in the soil. I know it's it's easy to suspect, quote-unquote, something in the soil, but in Mm -hmm. my experience, it's rarely that the case. There's not fungi in the soil that somehow attack everything planted in the area. Mm -hmm. Did you see any rust, any yellow-orange spores on the leaves of the raspberry? No, it just looked like somebody took a blowtorch and wow. burned them up. I can't think of a disease that's going to give me that sense of the rust. I know it's common on raspberries and blackberries, so that's why I was asking about the rust spores. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an answer for you, Jane. Oh, great. The, the, um, if you want to identify a disease, you can take samples of leaves and affected parts of the plant and mm-hmm. take it to the Cobb County Extension Office and ask them if they can send it to the disease lab in Athens for you, and they'll find out what the disease is. Call them first, just get details of when they're open and how they want the sample prepared and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you really want a disease diagnosed properly and uh, accurately, the University of Georgia through the local county extension office is the way to do it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll probably just put the uh, little transplants over there and see if they survive. I think they will. I don't think there's anything in the soil that would cause the new ones to, to die and go away, Jane. It's 848 at Newstalk WSB, and we'll be back after this.
It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. Ooh, I need your love, babe. Guess you know it's true. Hope you need my love, babe. Just like I need you. Oh, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles. The quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Mostly sunny, high of 95, low of 73 tonight. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. High of 92, low of 73 again. Very hot this next couple of days. And the full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Joe in Gainesville, Georgia, comes up right now. Joe, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning, Walter. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Joe, what's up? Hey, I've got the mulch bed yeah. out here in front of the house, and I have uh, Emerald Blue Point topiary. Okay. I've got two boxbush topiaries and a couple of arborvitaes. Um, so I've got a lot of money in this thing. Yeah. And right. With the topiaries, cannot, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but I cannot stop the weeds. Aye. I will weed, and then the next week they're back. So is there yeah. anything that I could use that will not damage the other plants that I can actually spray instead of getting down a weed? Long term, you need to be very mm-hmm. regular about using pre-emergent because pre-emergent on the surface of the mulch will prevent seeds that are just a half an inch or lower than that in the mulch. So use pre-emergent, I would say three times a year. Once in early, let's see, March would be a good time. Early March would be the first time. Okay. Another time in early June would be another time. They'll re- okay. renew the application of March, and then another time in 1st of September. And that should control all of the spring, summer, and winter weeds that come up from yeah. seed. Now, okay. suppose you have perennial weeds in there. Suppose we have some, uh, what could be, violets or something like that as a perennial Bermuda grass, rather, or either one. For them, I think Definitely the best— Definitely the grass, and I have clover as well. I think the best thing to do is just use uh, Roundup. Use one or one of the Roundup clones, uh, kills all one of those. And because I know you're worried about your shrubbery and not hurting your shrubbery, make a little guard, a little shield, a little thing. Uh, You can make make it out of a funnel or you can make it like I do out of the uh, gallon milk jug. I cut the bottom out of a gallon milk jug and I put the nozzle of my sprayer into the neck. And so I put the the jug over the weed and give it a little squirt like that. Or I've seen gotcha. another guy in my neighborhood uses a cardboard box. He has a square cardboard box, the top and bottom knocked out, and he just puts that over the weeds and keeps it away from his roses that way. So okay. Roundup on perennials is about all you have to control them. Understood. Well, we, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you for spending your Saturdays with us. Uh, Joe, it's great. Great Saturday morning when I get to spend it with you. I get to spend it with Ashley Frasser, who screened our calls and answered questions so well this morning. Justin Ovi does such a great job keeping us on the air and choosing wonderful music. Justin, you do a fabulous job with that. I do appreciate that, too. If you did not get your question answered this morning, you can go to my website at walterreeves.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter there. You can follow me on Pinterest, on Facebook, on Twitter. We post things every week that might be of interest to gardeners around Atlanta, and we make sure it's interesting and fun, just like we do every Saturday morning. I'm here every Saturday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., and then Dave Baker comes in to host the Home Fix-It show. I hope you had a great Saturday, my friends. Hope you have a Saturday that stays a little cool. Thank goodness for Willis Carrier and air conditioning. We'll see you next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden.